Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Teams podcast. Well, hello to all of our San Antonio Baptist Association friends listening both at home and around the world. We're so grateful, honored, and privileged to get to be with you today, and so thankful to the incredible leadership of the San Antonio Baptist Association that puts together resources like this and so many others to serve churches at home, in the local association, around Texas, around the country, and around the world. And the question that was presented for this particular episode by one of Saba's incredible leaders, Pastor Roland Lopez, is this. Why would an established church both want and need to plant new churches? I'll read it again. Why would an established church both want and need to plant new churches? Now, my name is John Groves, and I might not have had the privilege of meeting you yet, but I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to speak to this particular question. As a a church planter, a lead pastor, and an evangelist, a coach, and a consultant, my heart is for the local church. And I want to lead churches and help pastors be everything that Jesus had in mind and that the apostles put into practice at the establishment of the New Testament local church. And this question, if you haven't considered it yet, I hope that that will never be the case after this episode, because it's a question that every single pastor and every single congregation needs to be considering. Now, as I've had the opportunity of traveling all around the country over a decade now, encouraging, coaching, and consulting with churches on how to go from good to great, from small to large, from ineffective to effective in their community, those numbers and those principles, they look different for every single congregation in every single context of different communities and and and, and groups and personalities and DNA all around the world. No one church looks exactly like another, but there are some principles that are universal, and I'd like to give you this one. Every single church has been called and commissioned by Christ to plant other churches. Now, maybe you're leading an established church. I'm not sure how long you've been there. You've been a part of an established church for quite some time, and you're thinking, we've never planted a church. That's something that these new churches do. Man, they're always out there planting campuses, campus after campus after campus. And in truth, I've had the opportunity to plant and lead a church that planted multiple campuses, of which I was the lead pastor, but it's not about planting campuses as much as it is the heart of the question that established churches ought to be planting new churches. Well, why is that? Well, first of all, because the gospel requires it. The Great Commission was to go into all of the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And established churches should plant new churches because the gospel requires it. New churches reach new generations. And new churches reach new locations. Hear this. New churches often 
are more effective at reaching new generations, but they consistently reach new locations because they're not gathering in the same building that you're gathering in more than likely. They're meeting in another place, reaching another generation. And isn't that what the gospel's all about? Dozens of denominational studies confirm that the average new church gains most of its new members around 60 to 80 percent, according to uh, the Acts 29 group, from the ranks of people who are not attending any worshiping body. While churches over 10 to 15 years of age gain 80 to 90 percent of new members by transfer from other congregations, we ought to be planting new churches as established church leaders, first of all, because the gospel requires it. If we're going to reach new places and new people, especially the next generation of people, one of the most effective ways to do that is to plant new churches and new congregations Why? Because the gospel requires it, but also the future demands it. And when I say future, I'm not just talking about future generations. While that is completely true, that future generations hearing the gospel is dependent upon your obedience to the Great Commission to plant and to plant and to grow and to grow. But I'm also talking about the future of just the church in general. It's no secret that churches are closing by the thousands each and every year just in the United States. There are so many statistics out there that range from 3,000 to some even say upwards into 10,000. We don't know what exactly the number is year by year and all the factors that go into that, but one thing is for sure, thousands of churches are closing their doors and their congregations are no longer assembling and gathering as the ecclesia by the thousands each and every year. But let me tell you this, the population of our nation and the population of the world is on the rise. And so if we're going to walk in our calling as perpetuators and preachers of the Great Commission, we ought to be planting new churches because the gospel requires it and the future of the local church demands it. When God designed the family, his first piece of instruction was to be fruitful and multiply. God has always intended the family to reproduce, and such is true for the family of faith. Now, you may have heard a quote that that has circulated for years and years that it's uh, easier to give birth to a baby than to raise the dead, and it's more fun. And people like to use this quote when a pastor is considering whether or not God is calling him to plant a new congregation or to revitalize an existing established church. But I'd like to say that the giving birth to a baby versus raising the dead is a misnomer and it's a false equivalency. I'd like to say that if we are truly a family of faith, if we're truly a part of the family of God, we're going to be reproducing and we're going to be planting new churches because giving birth is the best way to new life at home. Think about this for just a second. When an established congregation gives birth to a new congregation, the new churches bring new ideas to the existing churches, and it benefits the whole body as they're pioneering new things, reaching new people groups in new locations. They're going to, by nature of just trial and error, learn things that the established church can learn from and should learn from. If you're not planting new churches, you're not learning 
learning new methods. And yes, you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> it, it's, it's something that we ought to always be aspiring to do, to reach the next generation, to do everything we can do using all the tools that God has given us to reach all of the people possible until the return of Jesus. And giving birth is the best way to new life at home. There is no better way to teach older congregations about new skills and new methods for reaching new people than by planting new churches. It's the new churches that are going to have the the freedom and, and the liberty and the energy to be innovative in their research and in their uh, development. And in truth, they become a research and development department for the whole church as a whole, for the whole body in the whole city from their one section of the neighborhood. So giving birth is the best way to breathe new life at home. If you're pastoring a church that needs revival, uh, one of the best ways to, to, to bring that about and to allow God to send what he has promised and what he already wants to do is for you to do what he's called you to do and plant a new church and learn from them. But new churches are also a great place for discipleship as well. As parents, you disciple those children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so as you birth a new congregation, new congregations give birth to uh, new leaders, which the established church has the opportunity then to disciple and to raise up. Now, I I want you to know this. The the principle is true. It's been tried and proven and found accurate over and again, especially in the United States of America. New churches are going to be evangelism machines in the community. They just are. If 80, uh, 60 to 80% of their congregation are new converts who are not currently attending a active worshiping body, that means they're reaching new people with the gospel. But here's the thing. They can't and they don't want to do it by themselves. So as an established church comes alongside a church plant in their city and they serve with them and they do things with them and they disciple them and also learn from them, they show the family unity of the parent and the child. They they show that to the community that will then turn around and choose because the community has seen that unity to become a part of one of those families. So I'd like to say this to the pastor or to the congregant who's a little nervous about planting that new church. This isn't a competition. It's kingdom. If we're kingdom-minded, then we're not competitive. It's not about, well, they might take these people, or they might get those tithers, or they might grow larger than us, or they might get that building. It's not about that. If there's a competitive mindset, you can take one thing to the bank. You don't have a kingdom mindset. And this isn't about conservation. Giving birth to new churches is expensive. It is. And just like you weren't prepared to give birth to the children that you brought into the world, you probably won't feel prepared to give birth birth to a new church as you're looking at the budget and you're looking at all of the things that are happening in the culture and in the world right now. But this isn't about conservation. Hey, this is about kingdom. Conservation is the antithesis of the kingdom. And there are so many established churches with buildings that aren't full, but bank accounts that are, that are hoarding these resources in order to keep the lights on and a co-vocational pastor paid that aren't reaching people in the community and they're conserving and they're conserving. They're in conservation mode and conservation mode is never, is never, is never kingdom mode. And this also isn't about controlling. 
Don't you dare give birth to a new church that you try to tell them how they do what they do and what they can do and when they can do it and where they can do it. This is about giving birth to a new church with new ideas to reach new people. It isn't about controlling because when we try to be controlling... Again, we're not kingdom-minded when we're trying to be in control. God is in control. Jesus is king, but we're doing what he's called us to do. We are established churches planting new congregations to reach new people, and we're not going to try to tell them how they can do that or control the way they do that. We're going to release them to have the authority to do what we don't have the authority to control, to reach new people using new methods. And I'd also like to say this. This is not about creating carbon copies. It's it's just not. If you're trying to be a First Baptist Church to replicate another First Baptist Church, I promise you, it will not work. It just won't. It has never worked. When you come together and you and, and your wife and, and you create a, a new life, that child is going to have so many similarities to you, but he is not going to be your carbon copy. He's going to be a mixture of who you are and what he learns as he is raised up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and in the culture and in the schooling and in the context that he chooses to be in. So this isn't about creating carbon copies. It's about being creative because creativity was the very first thing God demonstrated uh, as he was creating his kingdom. In the beginning, God created It wasn't just a carbon copy of what had already existed. God is a creative God, and he's called the church to be a creative church. Hollywood does not have the market on creativity. I believe the church does. We ought to be writing the best music. We ought to be creating the best media. We ought to be writing the best books. We ought to be creating the coolest things. And if you've ever been to a good potluck, you know that we create the best recipes as well. This isn't about creating carbon copies. It's about being creative creative in our evangelism. So why should an established church plant new churches? Well, because that's what we're commanded to do. It's great commission. It's what we're commanded to do in the book of Acts, especially in chapter two, gathering in one another's homes and abiding in the apostles doctrine. And they were being added to the church such as were being saved. And I promise you, they were not being added to one centralized location and one centralized steeple clad building. The church was growing as a universal Christ centered gospel driven movement, not in one building, but in many homes, under many roofs, and many places with one calling and one commission. If you're not planting churches, you're not leading a biblical church, at least not yet. So why should an established church both want and need to plant new churches? Well, because the gospel requires it, because the future demands it, and because giving birth is the best way to discover new life at home. My name's John Groves. You can find out more about our ministry at johnlgroves.com or connect with me on any social media platform at John L. Groves. Thank you to the San Antonio Baptist Association, and we can't wait to talk to you in our next episode. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Seven Teams Podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.